Hello, folks. You are tuned in to the Ring of Discussions podcast with your host, True Nelson III, your Triple Crown Trinational Hardcore Cruiserweight Champion of the World. And I thank you so much for tuning in. We already had 150 plus listeners on the show so far at the time of this recording on the intro. So once we get to 200, we'll change the intro, 300, intro change, so on and so forth. Anyways, I thank you for listening to whether you listen to this on the Apple Podcast app, uh, Spotify, Anchor FM, wherever you are listening to the show. I thank you so much. You took the time to listen to the show, and it means so much to me. Now, I don't want to ask too much for you. Not too much of you. But if you leave a subscribe to the show, if you leave a rating and review, that'll let me know how I'm doing. If I'm doing pretty crappy, I want to know. Let me know. Subscribe, rate, review. If I'm doing stellar, subscribe, rate, and review. And let's get on to today's show. What is going on, Ring of Discussions podcast? Hashtag loyal, royal listeners of the Ring of Discussions podcast show. I'm your host, Truman Hudson III. I'm your Triple Crown Tri-National Hardcore Cruiserweight Champion slash podcaster on the internet. And I have quite the guest on my show today. I have Shane Taylor. Yes, Shane Taylor. You guys may have heard of him. Either if you're watching ROH, Wildcat, or many other promotions in SOAR, in many other promotions, you may have catched Shane at uh, Mr. Taylor at. I'm quite sure you've followed him on social media or anywhere else. Shane, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Blessed. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's an honor uh, to always have. That was no pun intended. Uh, an honor to have. Uh, yes, it was an honor to have you on the show today. Um, I thank you so much for coming on. Uh, but how can the fans reach you via social media or anywhere else? Uh, as always, uh, you guys can reach me Twitter or Instagram at Shane two one six Taylor. Uh, Facebook. Uh, Notorious Shane Taylor, uh, hit the follow button. Uh, also, if you're in the merch buying mood, you can always go to ROHWrestling.com to check out my Knockouts for Everybody t-shirt that I have there, or ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Shane Taylor, all lowercase. Uh, a lot of really cool designs on there. and uh, You can follow everything that I'm doing, uh, all the updates, check out the ring. Bring up on a live event, see when we're coming to your town. Just uh, a lot of really cool stuff. All right, folks, there you go. There's all the info that you need to follow Mr. Taylor's work. And I want to just first, I always do this at the beginning of every show, every time I have a special guest on my show. This is a very special guest. Um, you are the very first Ring of Honor superstar to ever star on the Ring of Discussions podcast. So, um, congratulations oh, yeah. and thank you so much. And my hashtag loyal royal listeners at home, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It means so much to me that you've you know taken the time out of your day to uh, to talk about your journey and your life story. Absolutely, no problem. Thank you. Yes, no problem. So. I want to discuss the origin, the beginning of Shane Taylor. Tell me about your childhood. Go in depth on who you were as a child, your life, your home life, all of that jazz. Oh man, uh, a place to start. Uh, well, uh, it's common knowledge now. Um, I was born in Cleveland, raised on the east side. Uh, the section of the city that's known for being very, very violent, having a lot of, you know, um, Drugs and violence and gangs and things of that, uh, things of that sort. So when you're raised in that sort of environment, you uh, have to grow up pretty quickly, uh, much quicker than most other people. Um, but I was still, even in the situation that I was born into, as well as my brothers, um, we're very, very fortunate to have not only my dad, you know, who works for the city, um, to have him to sort of guide us when he can, when he could, and uh, uh, as best he could. But uncles and cousins all lived pretty close, so uh, while there were still a lot of things that we got into, uh, family was one of the biggest things that kept us uh, on as straight and narrow as possible when you grew up in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, childhood was, I mean, it was. It was good. Uh, had spent a lot of time uh, with different aunts and uncles. Spent a lot of time um, 
with my mom's side of the family. Um, that sort of came to a close, not to a close, but that, that sort of took a break. Uh, um, when my mom died when I was 12, uh, oh. died of breast cancer. Uh, then I, after that, started spending more time with my dad. Um, fairly decent childhood, fairly decent uh, education and schooling growing up. The, uh, spent a lot of time with uh, friends just playing different sports, really loved football, uh, got into amateur wrestling, running track, you know, throwing shot put and discus and things of that sort. So, um, pretty standard childhood, man. Um, nothing really too special. Nothing really that stands out. Um, you know, a lot of the interviews that I had when people asked me what from my childhood formed me the most is, is what I tell people about, you know, the amount of times that I had to uh, attend funerals and things of that sort. You know, I've, I've had to probably very close to 150, maybe 200 people in my life. So wow. um, when you see things like that and you go through things like that, um, it shapes your perspective naturally, you know. So um, my ability to cling to what's important to me and sort of push everything else to the wayside, uh, I've taken that I've applied it to just about everything else in my life, be it my career, be it my family, be it uh, material things that, you know, uh, that I have. Uh, I, I, I keep what's important. I put the rest of it to the side. Um, and, you know, fast forwarding to uh, college, uh, played a little football in, co in college, but mainly just wrestled. Uh, went to Slippery Rock University out there in western Pennsylvania. I uh, had a lot of great times out there. Um, and then once I was done with college, um, I decided that you know, professional wrestling was something that I always loved as a kid. Uh, from the days of the Ridgefield Coliseum in Ohio and going with this, going to the then WWF shows with my dad to um, uh, uh, up until, you know, just leaving school. It was something that I always loved and, want, and wanted to try. I didn't really know how to do it, uh, but was very eager to learn. Uh, managed to, uh, a few years later, run into a guy by the name of Raymond Rowe uh, and a guy by the name of Jerry Myers, uh, AJ Rock. Uh, both of them trained me. Um, took, took me on the road with them all across the country um, and I've been able to take those teachings and those lessons throughout the years and form that into a pretty successful career so far so um, that along the way with, with different people who've helped me guys like Luke Hawks in New Orleans and James Beard of the NWA and uh, Jack Dane and John McChesney and just the list goes on and on and on of, uh, of guys that have helped me and Lamont Williams here in Dallas and the other guys in Cleveland are just, of guys that have just uh, helped guide me on my path uh, to where I'm at today uh, and that's and that's where we're at well it's interesting to hear you know going back to you know the childhood and then to where you are now and listening to the transition that you've you've had over the years i want to get deeper into that i wanted to get into the beginning of your wrestling life i like for this show to not just be about primarily sticking primarily just to wrestling i want to get into who the superstars are as a person so i want to know about your mentality the first time you stepped into that ring i want to know about your training and everything that you did from the first time you laced up those boots or those gym shoes or whatever you did in centering, mm -hmm. entering to the square circle? Uh, as, as I was saying, you know, for me, being an amateur wrestler first, uh, the hardest part for me was just getting the, uh, just getting the basic stuff down and, and the differences between the two sports, you know. Uh, once you get past the physicality of just the ropes and the bumping and things of that sort, um, I, I am a very, very quick learner. 
so as far as the wrestling and, and, and the moves and the chain wrestling and things of that sort, uh, those came to me fairly quick, fairly quickly because they're not that much different uh, than amateur wrestling itself. Uh, sort of like when you learn a new language, when the bases and the root words are the same, uh, you, you tend to pick things up a little quicker. Um, but the training that I went through and that I still go through is just a lot of cardio. I've always been a big guy. I've never had a six-pack or anything like that. So for me, being able, being able to go out there and have the wind and have the stamina has always been very, very important. Um, uh, strength training, of course. Uh, didn't really do, still don't do a lot of power lifting. While I do move around with some pretty good weight in the gym, I, I've never been the guy that goes out there and just lifts the whole gym. You know, to me, uh, I, I've always had more functional strength than gym strength um, with the ability to uh, pretty much, if I get my hands on you, I can move whoever I want, pick up whoever I want, uh, and have my way with whoever I want. Um, so that's always been something that I've been blessed to be able to do. Um, my mentality with training or with learning anything or how I am now is uh, is of a singular focus, and that's to be uh, number one at anything that I do. I'm super competitive at just about everything uh, in life. Uh, so I- I'm not one to take a back seat to anybody. I'm not one to accept second place. I'm not one to be okay with a bench roll. You know, that, it's just never been my style. It's not how I operate. So um, anything, and especially when I talk when I talk to Ray about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, um, all all of those conversations were centered around uh, one day being the number one guy in the sport, the number one guy in this profession. Um, and taking whatever steps were necessary to accomplish that. Uh, I, I know that that's a story that a lot of people have, and that's a lot of people's goals. But again, when you come from a place like I did, um, it instills a little bit more of a need for you to achieve those goals. You know, it, it, it puts a little more fire in you than the average person. Um, puts a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder uh, when things aren't going the way you want them to. Uh, so the, uh, the the ability and, and the need to then prove to the world exactly who you are is something that I carry around to this day. And that's something that I don't think is ever going to leave me uh, because it, it, it's so ingrained in who I am. So um, it, it, it's really been a one, heck, one heck of a journey so far. Um, from where I was to where I'm at now, uh, and it's only going to keep getting better. Now, a man that is proving himself and constantly making himself the best of you know what he can, who he is, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's what we are as humans. We strive to become better each day, and by uh, seeing that you're a triple crown champion or that you are you know, a triple crown holder, which I'm definitely going to later, I want you mm-hmm. to uh, go into more detail about. Um, how your mindset with this champion mindset, how that's affected you um, career-wise? Uh, it's been great career-wise. You know, when you hold championships and you're the guy in a promotion uh, and the ball is in your court to bring fans in and to put on the, the best matches of the night, um, it, it's something that I take a lot of pride in. Uh, and to be able to be the guy for three different companies right now um, is something that I take great pride in, especially down here in Texas uh, with me holding the uh, SOAR, VIP, and Texas World Championships. Um, uh, I'm the first guy to defend those championships, not only uh, outside of Texas, but outside of the country. When I went over to the U.K., to for my tour there, I defended those there. Uh, so the ability, to, the ability to create three world championships and then to be to, to come back and hold all of them simultaneously uh, and travel across the state, um, calling myself 
you know, all the nicknames that I have for myself and, and uh, being the only guy to be able to complete that triple crown thus far in history to me is, is a, is an honor, it's a privilege, and it's something that um, I look forward to proving every time I go out. Uh, we just had two back-to-back shows this past weekend in Dallas for SOAR, uh, defended my SOAR World Heavyweight Championship against Jerome Daniels the first night, and then against uh, Magnificent Malico the second night. Uh, two great performers, you know, both nights, great matches, and uh, I take tr- tremendous pride in going out there and not only leaving fans wanting more, leaving their jaws dropped and leaving going, damn, he's one, he's he really is, you know, the guy that he says he is, but also in helping to put new stars on that same platform and showing the world not only what I can do, but what they can do, and potentially let, letting that, or hopefully letting that get them uh, different opportunities down the road that they deserve or that they can take advantage of. So um, when you're when, when you're the guy, you know, all of the pressure is on you, but I thrive under pressure and you know, one of the one of the one of my favorite quotes is pressure can either burst pipes or create diamonds. And so for me, um, I consider myself a diamond and I, I consider myself a guy uh, that can hold the weight of just about any pressure. And with you, you know, creating that pressure to make yourself that diamond or to have that diamond effect or to, you know, have your name in the history books like you uh, will soon have your name in the history books. I mean, you already do. Again, holding, being the first Triple Crown champion or the holding three championships that have never been held at once before and having your name in the books. How will your legacy live on in wrestling and how do you want it to live on in wrestling? The legacy that I want in wrestling is to be able to be the guy that continued the legacy of others. When you look at guys like myself uh, who made history, um, especially for uh, people that come from disenfranchised backgrounds or especially for minorities, uh, when you look at guys like Ron Simmons, when you look at guys like... um, Bobo Brazil, when you look at guys, you know, like like Teddy Long and guys, you know, guys that have just come before me and carved out different pathways and done so in a way that uh, wasn't stereotypical or wasn't a hindrance to progression and things of that, that sort of my legacy and what I want is to be recognized as one of the guys of this era that continue to do the same thing and maybe even went a few steps beyond that to open more doors that maybe people thought were never going to be open or couldn't be open. Um, so um, that's, that's what I take. Uh, that's what I feel is most important. You know, when I go out there, um, it, it, it's not about, you know, playing up to any stereotype or fitting some sort of societal conditioning that people have when it comes to what they think or what they feel when they see somebody like like me. It's providing an image. It's providing another option for adults, or but, but especially for kids that see me, to be able to see me and go, okay, this is not a guy who's just, you know, singing and dancing. This is not a guy who's acting like a gangster or a thug. This is not a guy who's acting like a pimp or a rapper. This is not a guy that, you know, is acting less intelligent than he is or or anything like that. This is someone who's a competitor, someone who works very, very hard to be good at what he does, you know, 
takes every bit of time to talk about the sacrifices and the training and everything that you have to do, all the work that you have to put in to be successful and do it the right way. Um, that's what I want them to see. That's what I want them to appreciate. That's what I want people to emulate uh, and give people a, a different option other than what they're told what they can be or what they can't be. Uh, because if I can do it and if, you know, this kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio can do it, then so can they. Uh, so, um, if, if anybody that's looking for, for that finds that in me, then I've done my job. Well, sir, you've done an amazing job of that, being a young African-American male myself and uh, really needing, uh, although I have, you know, personally myself, I have role models in my life. I'm in pro wrestling. Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to find that role model uh, and you're filling those shoes for the next generation to have somebody to look up to. Again, a triple crown African-American male champion, uh, you know, making history with the titles that you've held. That has to be a huge deal. Uh, and I, I really want to get into that and going deeper into that but with that being said being african-american in wrestling tell me the experience i don't think we i don't think as as wrestling fans or as uh people in media we really talk about that we don't talk about what's going on behind those curtains beyond the ropes the the things that happen when it comes to race and culture and wrestling so tell myself and the listeners at home about that well, each experience is different, you know. Uh, if you ask different, if you ask a hundred different people, you could get a hundred different responses, you know. But uh, for a lot of people that I know, and for myself, for a long time, and and to a point, it, it, it's still like this. But it, it it seems as though the only way to make real big money for most is to is to fulfill some sort of stereotypical role. Uh, as I mentioned before, you're either a pimp or you're acting like you're from the ghetto or, the, or you know, you got grills in or you're just, you know, standing there dancing and, and, and singing and being that guy or you're the, you know, unintelligent savage from some, you know, wild land. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it's the same no matter where you go. And a lot of that stigma and a lot of those roles have been so ingrained into people that that's all they want to see or that's all they or they think that's all there is you know and that and that goes from fans all the way up to people that write the checks so it, it, it's very very important for guys like myself and, and other guys have been doing an incredible job of breaking those molds when you look at guys like ACH or, or, or Shane Strickland or Keith Lee, you know, um, guys that have been world champions, you know, in some of the biggest promotions in, in, in the country and around the world to show that we can be anything. We, we can have depth of character. We, we can have range. We can have charisma. We can have everything, um, everything going for us without all of the negative connotations that come along with, uh, fulfilling those stereotypical roles in this sport. Uh, we can draw money in, we can bring fans in, we can put butts in seats, uh, doing it exactly our way. Um, and it's incredible to see that. Uh, so, you know, our job is just to continue to do that, continue to set those examples the best we can, um, and continue to show the world to show fans, show society, show uh, everybody that, you know, this, for, for as many people, excuse me, for as many people that are talking about evolutions and revolutions and rightly so, there's still another evolution that needs to take place, and it's happening now, but that's the evolution of how we're seeing in professional wrestling and the roles that we play, you know, um, it's not, it, 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 there's no longer a need to just be the sidekick character or, or just be in the B-roll. You know, we can be A-roll players 
we can lead companies um, and we can be the main guy. Uh, so that's uh, that's that that's the goal and that's the dream is, is to be able to bring that to the forefront um, and showcase that and showcase those skill sets to the world. Wow, yes. I'm actually looking at, um, as you were saying this, looking at your biography or your bio. As the children these days say it, don't we say that? Yes, we do. I'm on Instagram of above your labels, above your stereotypes, above your perceptions, and safe feelings. I'm the one who will make history. And you are definitely doing that, especially in ROH. And before we go to break, I do want you to talk about... Um, actually, no, I want to save that after the break. I think that'll be something good that we can talk about after the break. But prior to that, I want to talk about your experience. Uh, hello? hello? Everything good? Hello, sir? Hello, hello? Hello, hello? Okay, let's see. Yeah, okay. I, I got I get you back now. You were cutting in and out there. All right. You can't be good now, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so before we go to break, I do um, want to talk about your who you looked up to in wrestling and how that shaped you um, into what you're doing today. I know that's a big, huge shift from what we were just talking about, but I do want to get deeper into who you are, but I also want to jump back into um, a piece of the wrestling aspect of who you are, um, seeing as though you're a man that, uh, again, breaking walls and breaking stereotypes. I want to talk about the people that you looked up to, you know, be that outside of wrestling as well, you know, outside of wrestling, inside mm-hmm. of wrestling, who inspired you to do the work that you're doing today and the, you know, the person that you are today? Um, growing up, for, for me, watching, especially watching wrestling on TV, uh, I couldn't relate to a lot of the performers that I saw um, just, sim- just simply based because I didn't know anybody in my life like that. Uh, I didn't know anybody uh, in my life that was, you know, wearing chains on their neck and barking like a dog. I didn't know anybody who was a witch doctor. I didn't know anybody who, you know, uh, was a super jive, like, you know, <laughs> you know, pimp or, or anything of that sort. So when I finally saw Ron Simmons, you know, in WCW, that to me was the first time I was like, oh man, who is that? Who is that guy? You know, he was just, you know, standout college football player who was busting his ass, you know, and work and, you know, work and his way up the ranks. And then I followed his career, you know, all the way to when he beat Vader for the world championship and became universally recognized as the first, uh, African-American world champion, uh, t- to me, that that was insane. I was going nuts in my house, you know, so was everybody in that arena. And that just showed me right then, you know, when done right and, 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 and you have the guy that you think, you know, is talented enough to do it, you know, you can, you can break those walls down. You can break those barriers down and you can have everybody from just about every walk of life get behind, you know, someone and let that person inspire the masses. So, um, seeing him, but also, um, taking notes from Vader and guys like Stan Hansen, um, just looking at how they approached their matches and, and the style and the brutality, uh, was, was something that I, personally like to watch because, you know, I've, I've always been a big guy, as I said, uh, so the, the ability to just watch them go out there and just manhandle uh, opponents at the same time, uh, be so agile, uh, be so athletic, you know, you're watching Vader, who is every bit of 350 plus, you know, doing moonsaults and stuff, like, it, it was jaw-dropping, uh, so... That was really inspiring. Why I've seen guys like Undertaker as well, you know, just dive across the top rope. You know, his presence when he entered an arena, you know, there, there wasn't one eye that wasn't fixed on him. Uh, so 
take so taking different things from uh, guys in the sport. Um, when you look at the intensity of a guy um, like Hawk from from LOD and just the way he walked through the curtain and, and, and looked at guys and just you know just the, the overall you know energy that he had was great to see and and, out, and outside of wrestling just watching you know watching my dad work the way he did uh, change his life the way he did um, and seeing that you know no matter what you have to you have to put in the work you have to you know rain sleep snow or hail sick hurt it doesn't matter you've got responsibility you've got people that depend on you uh, so you have to be able to you know dig down deep and you have to be able to perform always every single day no matter what you've got to be able to do it so uh, seeing those examples and, and, and having that work ethic instilled in me um, is what's gotten me to, to this point uh, and for all the goals that I have going forward that that's what's going to carry me to those as well well, I definitely cannot see, or cannot see, I cannot wait to see how, well, we've already seen, what am I talking about? We are sitting here talking about seeing how these influences have affected you, again, for the better of not just wrestling, but, um, you know, African-American culture in wrestling as a whole, and just, you know, being African-American as well. Again, it means uh, it's an honor and inspiration to have somebody that is killing it in the game, especially in uh, some pretty some pretty high-recognized or highly-recognized promotions out there, SOAR, uh, uh, in Ring of Honor, and the multiple other promotions you've wrestled for. But we are going to be going to break, so folks, you guys stay strapped to those seats, and I'll be right back with the interview with Shane Taylor. All right, folks, we are back to the show, and I'm um, sitting back down here. Well, I'm sitting here, and Mr. Taylor is sitting in Texas, so we're quite far uh, away from each other at the moment, but we're both sitting here uh, discussing. You're in Texas, correct? Houston. Houston, Texas. All right, Houston, Texas. And speaking of Texas, I want to talk about your time um, in SOAR and, in, you know, your time in Texas and wrestling in Texas. Tell myself mm-hmm. and the hashtag Royal Loyal listeners about that. Texas is an incredible place for wrestling. Um, I moved down here a little over four years ago. Um, and and it was because of Ray Rowe. Um, there were just, I felt like I had plateaued in the Northeast and the Midwest. Uh, and this was a new chance to uh, reinvent myself, get in the ring with new competition, uh, uh, just sort of a nice restart. Um, and Texas is full of, full of, you know, talented guys, when you look at it across the board, you've got guys like I mentioned, Jerome Daniels and Malico and Barrett Brown. Um, you've got guys uh, like Lamont Williams. You've got guys um, that are, you know, and some of the biggest names in wrestling in the world are, are from here, like I mentioned before, ACH and Keith Lee. Um, so it, 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 it's, an honor to be a part of, of the legacy of Texas wrestling all the way when you think of, you know, the Sportatorium days and, and the Von Erics and all of that is, is linked, you know, to Texas wrestling. So to have my name be, you know, in that history book, you know, and to be able to accomplish some of the things that I have uh, is very, very humbling. So um, having the ability now to work with SOAR and VIP uh, and Texoma uh, to be the guy at the helm of all three of these promotions uh, to help raise uh, uh, to, to help raise business, to help raise uh, that next 
crop of stars that are going to be coming up and to uh, introduce the world uh, if they already don't know about the level of talent that we have down here uh, is my mission and it's one that I'm very very excited about being on uh, and if people don't already know then they will shortly uh, just uh, just how good the guys are down here and the women as well not not just well, with that being said, and with people soon, everyone will known known. Oh my gosh, everybody will know Shane Taylor's name. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about is personally, I'm not familiar with um, the Texas wrestling scene. I'm more familiar with Ring of Honor. And for those fans out there who are not familiar with the Texas scene of wrestling or around that area, I'd like for um, you to touch on your time with Ring of Honor and talk about, you know, uh, you know when you got signed and your experience there so far. Uh, I signed with Ring of Honor a little over two years ago. Uh, this will be my third year with a company coming up. Um, for about a year and a half before I signed, I was doing a lot of um, a lot of events, just getting evaluated and making changes to my look, uh, my body, my gear, things of that sort. Um, and every time uh, the officials gave me something to work on, the next time they saw me, you know, I had correct I had corrected that, I had improved. Um, it, it showed that I was coachable. It showed that I could listen. Uh, show that I was hungry and that I was willing to do what it took to be successful. Um, and again, Ray Rowe was uh, very influential in uh, talking to the right people and, and giving me those chances to show what I could do. Um, and uh, and eventually, uh, the bosses liked enough, liked what they saw enough. Uh, to offer me a contract. Uh, that was the uh, latter part of 2015, going into 2016. Um, and, you know, my time there has been tremendous, you know, from uh, tag, from tagging with Keith at first, uh, the battles we had with War Machine to me being a part of the rebellion with Kenny King, where Titus and Caprice Coleman. Um, to then going out and doing my own thing um, and learning to uh, step up my game in the ring, out of the ring, uh, learning the different aspects of what we do from commentating to looking at production and, and things of that, of that sort of learning why we do certain things. Um, just the whole learning experience has been it's been incredible, you know, working with some of the best, if not the best performers in the world, guys, you know, from top to bottom, um, learning their different things from Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe, learning different things from guys like Matt Taven, just watching them, studying them, um, studying the way they move, um, you know, taking up diff different tactics and, and, uh, that sort of thing, it's, it's been um, one, one hell of an experience. And now going into this year, um, I've sort of been putting a spotlight on, on myself. So I, I think now that those eyes are starting to come my way, it's time for me to put together all the things that I've learned so far attention that I've garnered so far and capitalize on that um, and that's exactly what I plan on doing this year to continue the wave of momentum built off of my matches uh, with Paige and Jeff Cobb uh, the international matches that I've had this year uh, well last year technically and going into this this year the, uh, the ones that I plan on having I'm very, very excited, very, very thrilled to uh, showcase to the world exactly uh, what they're going to see from Shane Taylor in 2019. Wow. 
So with 2019 being Shane Taylor, the year of Shane Taylor, um, you know, really pushing you know your your message out there on the wrestling scene and beyond um i'd like to know um where do you see the shane taylor bland bland my gosh the shane taylor brand what is going on here my mind is just going crazy right now this is a very yeah yeah um the Shane Taylor brand at the end of 2019, you know, that, that may be really far in the future. We still have 12 months to go. Um, but where do you see yourself? Um, where do you see your family? Which that's another thing I want to get into afterwards. But where do you see yourself and your family, you know, whether it be personal life or um, in the ring in 2019 or at the end of 2019? Uh, who knows? I mean, I, I, I know what my goals are for 2019. Uh, so, I can only hope that by the end of the year, uh, the things that I'm doing coincide with those goals. Um, definitely want to continue to uh, compete internationally and go overseas. I had a hell of a tour uh, with Red Pro and uh, IPW and uh, Southside and Tour GW while I was in, in the UK. Can't wait to go back to those promotions and work with, uh, you know, the talent that they have there. Um, uh, that that's going to be an incredible time. Um, I, I I can only see myself really pushing to not only be in contention but to win championships in Ring of Honor this year. Uh, on, on different shows that I've done, they've asked me what my goals were in Ring of Honor, and I, and I told them I'm a greedy person. You know, when it comes to success, I, I want everything uh, in Ring of Honor. At some point, you know, I'll find two tag team partners, and, and we'll win the six and championships. Uh, I, I want the Ring of Honor tag team championships at some point. I want the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, and at some point, at some point, and you can bet your ass, whoever's listening to this, I will be Ring of Honor World Champion, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, you know, and any other champions that hear this, you can, you can call it a thread, you can call it a promise, you can call it whatever you want, but at some point before I am done, I will be Ring of Honor World Champion. I will be the face of that company. I will be the head of the company. Um, and when that happens, you know, it, it won't be by accident. It won't be by mistake. It'll be because I've proven over the years and will continue to that, you know, I am second to none. You know, I wait in nobody's line. And I wait for no one to tell me it's my turn. Um, I'm simply just going to take what belongs to me. Uh, and that's every bit of success that I want. Um, also, with that being said, uh, partnering with New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course, has always been big for Ring of Honor and, and vice versa. Uh, so the ability to compete uh, in New Japan uh, is also on my list. Um, I've worked with and competed against, you know, some of their top guys already. Um, so for me, the chance and the opportunity to go to Japan has always been on my list. Uh, so I, I want to be able to cross that off this year. Um, and not only compete there, but make a splash there and, and impress uh, and show you know, not just fans in the States, but fans around the world, uh, that no matter what company it is, no matter what country it is, if Shane Taylor's on that roster, if Shane Taylor's on that card, then I'm the guy, um, then I'm the guy to watch. So, um, those, those are the goals for 2019. Um, and as far as my family, you know, um, I'm, I'm well, I'm welcoming my, Second daughter uh, into the world. Congrats! If she decides to come early, who knows? <laughs> uh, so we will see about that. But um, my 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 focus on this year.
year is completing my goals and taking care of my family. Uh, by the end of the year, we'll see what we'll see what awaits uh, me then. But um, as far as what's happening this year, uh, it's just to simply take care of that. Uh, everything else will work itself out. Well, before I get into that uh, hefty, because I'm telling you folks, this time next year, all 2019 and going into 2020, you're going to see Shane Taylor as your ROH world champion. But before I get into that that strong, that really, really strong travel schedule, that's going to be happening for the rest of the year, um, as well as you know your strenuous schedule in the past, which I definitely want to get into. I want to talk about home. Home, everything starts there. You have a daughter and you have a wife. How has your in-ring career impacted that? Positively um, or negatively? Oh, it's all positive. You know, there's, of course, when you travel, uh, the, hard, the hardest thing about traveling is, is being away from your family. You know, family is something that is of the utmost importance to me. Um, so anytime that I spend away from them, you know, I I make sure it's, you know, it's, it's worth it. You know what I mean? So if I'm gone, I'm going to put my best out there uh, because if it's going to require me being away from them, then I better, you know, maximize what I'm doing. So, um, at, you know, it, 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 it is tough. At some points, but I, I I wouldn't be able to be the competitor that I am, to be the man that I am, if I didn't have my family, um, and I, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my career or have the job that I do if, if it wasn't for my family. So um, they fuel my career, and my and my career fuels me to take care of them. So uh, it goes hand in hand for me. Um, and with the schedule that we have, while it is strenuous and while we're traveling a lot, it's still very manageable for me. Um, so I'm able to be home a lot. I'm able to, you know, spend the days with my daughter, Tay, or the gym with me, you know, um, uh, and do different things with her, you know, that help me bond with her and keep that connection. So that way, when I do have to go, on tours, whether it be a week, two weeks, or however long, you know, there's, there won't ever be a sense of her feeling like she's been abandoned. You know what I mean? Um, you, you hear horror stories of all the uh, guys that had famous dads, not saying that I'm famous by any means, but, you know, when you think about, you know, stars of the past or even stars of the present, you know, you, you hear horror stories about their kids seeing them on TV, but never seeing them at home and feeling like, you know, they were never there. And that was something that uh, I, I never wanted my daughter to go through. Uh, so I, I make sure that I, I spend as much time as possible with her, doing things with her, um, playing, just being silly with her, you know, uh, so that she knows that, you know, even though I have to be away, uh, that I'm, I'm always right there. I'm always a call away. I'm always, if I'm not at home, then she can still, um, she, she can still get in touch with me very easily or, you know, I'm never too far away to be able to come home for anything she needs. So, uh, my family is my why. They, they, they are the reason that I do what I do. So, um, to me, there's, there's nothing more important than that. Well, that sounds awesome, you know, handling and being the family guy as well as being the wrestle guy, uh, that definitely, um, it has to be a job. So you're, you're, you have big jobs. You sign a contract with a big company, but you also sign a contract, you know, once you get your family and that contract will forever hold you by blood. 
Uh, and, you know, you're a man that values blood, and that's awesome to definitely hear. Uh, and we were talking very briefly, um, or myself hearing about your travel schedule um, with it being strenuous. I do want to talk about that more. I'm going to go into more detail on that. So tell me about the travel life of Shane Taylor. How does that look like? Uh, it depends upon the time of year and the events that we have. Uh, in previous years, you know, with the Ring of Honor schedule, you're looking at about, you know, full 45 to 50 days a year there. Um, and then with the independent schedule that I was keeping, you're looking at, you know, another 100 days there, so 150, 200 days a year. Um, me there, um, traveling all over the country, all over the world, um, a typical travel day, um, you know, you're up at 4 a.m., heading to the airport, uh, at, at the airport by 4.30, 4.45, um, flying, you know, cross country, because Texas, anywhere you travel, from Texas is a long flight. Like, I don't know why. Like, no matter where you go, it just seems to be, like, the longest flight. Um, but um, you 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 land, you get to the hotel, you check in, you get to your room, take care of that, you go to the venue, you perform, uh, and then usually it's next day, flyouts, still early flights as well, uh, to, wherever, to wherever the next stop is, you know, so... Um, and I've had days where I had to, you know, drive four hours to Dallas, wrestle, drive four hours back home, shower, repack, make sure the stuff was washed, and then head to the airport, you know, that same night, you know, or early, super early that morning to make a flight, you know, uh, to, to Boston or to Baltimore or, you know, to Charlotte or wherever, you know, um, but... That's, that's the sacrifice that you make. You know, I was talking to a few of the guys who uh, do go to Japan a lot, and there's been times where we had a tour in, in Ring of Honor where we were gone for four or five days. They had to fly to Japan as soon as that tour was over, spend two or three weeks in Japan, you know, fly back, back from that. They were home maybe, you know, 12 hours and had to fly back out somewhere else, you know. So it's just uh, depending on your goals and the things that you want to do. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's just a part of the life, you know, but um, the best parts about that are when you're able to come home uh, and, and breathe and take that break um, and you have your family around you. Uh, it, it makes all of the, you know, sleepless nights worth it. It makes all of the bumps and bruises, all the aches and pains worth it um, to just know everything that you're going through and everything that you're doing, you know, is securing their futures and making sure that they're taken care of. Well, that's awesome to, to hear how uh, the bumps the bruises, the possible concussions, the, cos the possible blade jobs, or anything like that that does happen in the ring, it's it's worth it because uh, family, something that we all have, um, and if we don't have our blood, we have others that, uh, that fill that void and that fill that um, position in our lives, so it's awesome to hear that you value that once more, saying it for the uh, gazillionth time for myself. Um, but either way, I do want to, since we're going into the final part of the show and going to the outro of the show, I do want to talk about the ups and the downs from your career, the death, not death matches, my gosh, I'm still stuck on yesterday's interview, the um, the, the dream matches that you have, um, so matches that you uh, are there in your heart, you want them to happen, or some matches that you've had that have been the highlight of your career. Um, some of the ones I've had so, so far, um, I had a match with Jay Briscoe, you know, uh, about a year and a half or so ago now. Um, and after that, he sort of just pulled me aside and said, you know, 
a lot of people are sleeping on you. A lot, a lot of people don't know how good you really are. Uh, he's like, but they're going to find out really, really soon, you know? And so to have a guy like that, who's been, you know, who's been to the top of the mountain multiple times, who, you know, is one of the very best in the world at what it does to recognize that is incredible. You know, I, I've had a match with Jay Lethal, um, and to be able to go in there and go toe-to-toe and hold my own with, you know, arguably the best wrestler in the world um, is also southern in my cap. And, you know, those are two matches that I would love to have again at some point in my career. Um, and again, when, you know, one of my goals, like I said, is uh, to compete in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um some of the guys that they have there, some of their top stars I've already had matches with. I had a one-on-one match in Toronto with Hiroki Goto. I've had a one-on-one match with Evil. Um, I would love to have rematches with both of those men. Uh, I would love to have a singles match with uh, with Manoa Suzuki, with Tomohiro Ishii. Um, and... and really a plethora of guys that I think uh, I could go out there and have one hell of a fight and one hell of a match with. Um, and as always, my number one dream match uh, is myself going one-on-one again at some point in our careers with Ray Rowe, um, just because I know what we bring out of each other and uh, whatever stage that may be on, um, whether that be, you know, uh, ring, a, ring, a, a Ring of Honor stage or New Japan stage or anywhere in between uh, to have that match again uh, before we both decide to be done uh, is it, it, something that needs to happen for me personally uh, as, a, as a way to just uh, thank him again for everything he's done for me. there you go folks shane taylor 2019 on the ring of discussions podcast giving uh some tips and tidbits unintentionally about success in the wrestling industry no matter what background you come from if you are marginalized in society somehow some way this man is showing you how you can do it keep on killing it thank you so much mr taylor for coming on to the show it was an honor again no pun intended and uh uh tell the fans tell the hashtag loyal royal listeners at home how they can reach you once more Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Again, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Shane216Taylor. Um, again, I, I just want to thank all, all of you guys so far for the incredible amount of support over the past 11 years while I've been doing this uh, for the fans of Ring of Honor uh, that have been with me since I got there. Thank Thank you for all the ones that are going to be jumping on here shortly. Welcome. Um, and to my family and friends that have watched me do this and go through every emotion possible, uh, thank you guys for what you've done. Um, and th- this year is going to be something special, I promise. Well, there you go. Once more, folks, you heard it here first. And I forgot to ask, because this is a very, very, very important question. 
what are your closing words? Are there any closing words that you have for the listeners at home that may be inspirational when it comes to their dreams or regarding to anything that they want to do when it comes to success in life? The... waits for nobody you don't have to wait in anybody's line you don't have to wait for somebody to feed you the same hand that you allow to feed you you also give the power to starve you don't give anybody the power to starve you be what you want plan it out work for it achieve it take everything that belongs to you every bit of success every bit of joy all of it because you can do it all righty that right there has definitely stuck with me and you better believe i am journaling this because i need to start journaling my thoughts after these interviews and that right there was one banging interview thank you so much again uh, mr taylor for coming on to the show Again, uh, an honor, a pleasure. Hope to have you on in the future sometime. Uh, you're killing it now. I cannot wait to see how things go for 2019 and for the future of Shane Taylor. Thank you so much again. Thank you. All righty. So, folks, we uh, are in the closing part of the show, and I thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can go follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at thudson3rd, again, at thudson3, the number three, and the letters RD on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your host of the Ring of Discussions podcast, Truman Hudson III, your Triple Crown, Tri-National Hardcore Cruiserweight champion of the world and i'm signing out thank you all thank you hashtag loyal royal listeners um and to anybody else that is joining the ring of discussion ship it means a lot that you came onto the show have a good night evening or day to you all